Welcome back to the Dunks and Dimes Fantasy Hoops podcast, our first one of 2020. Happy New Year to everyone, and Happy New Year to my uh, co-host, as always, Mr. Eric Wong. I'm Brandon Funston. Eric, uh, did you have a nice break? I had a fantastic break. Uh, spent a lot of time in the mountains and the snow, went to Yosemite, saw some beautiful sights, so I am re-energized and <laughs> ready to roll. Nice. I think the last time we talked, you were uh, set to go snowshoeing. So that's what you're you're referring to. You were uh, snowshoeing up around Yosemite. Well, first uh, in Sequoia National Park, and okay. uh, that was that was very intense. Uh, lots of incline snowshoeing and fresh powder, and I was kind of leading the charge. So having to make the the fresh trail, fresh tracks. It was nice. uh, pretty difficult, nice. but lots of fun. <laughs> uh, well, very nice. Well, you're all rested, and uh, that's kind of going to be the theme for our show today because you, this past week, wrote about guys that are getting plenty of rest, uh, a lot of bench time for these guys. You, you wrote about your top 50 players uh, that are seeing less than 23 minutes per game. So we wanted to dive into that and maybe see which players might have more opportunities ahead based on the way they've been playing. Uh, certainly bucking for more playing time. So we'll get into that. But first, want to take care of some business here. Uh, let you know that you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Funston. You can follow Eric at Roto Evil. And of course, you can see Eric's uh, work at The Athletic. And if you would like to have a subscription to The Athletic, we encourage you to check out theathletic.com backslash dunks and dimes. That can get you 40% off of a subscription, which will also allow you to check out all of our NBA podcasts. There's a lot of great ones, including No Dunks, Back to Back, Hoops Adjacent with David Aldridge, and The Daily Ding. And we have several great team-specific NBA podcasts as well. So be sure to check that out if you're interested in following a lot of really good fantasy hoops content and NBA content. And with that, we'll, uh, we'll jump into the said list I talked about. Uh, so Eric, you, you ranked your top 50 players. And, uh, so maybe the criteria let's, let's really quickly talk about it. Are these guys that, uh, you basically, how'd you look at this list? Like, okay, guys that are getting it done despite, uh, you know, despite the low playing time or this, guys that have a lot of potential that are under 23 minutes that if they that if they were to get more you, you know what i'm saying it's like either they're doing a lot with what they're getting or they need to get more because they have the potential to do a lot if they were to get more right so the filters i used were under 23 minutes a game because if i when i was looking at the guys playing like 24 25 minutes a game there were lots of um quality names that are already owned in lots of leagues so i kind of Decided to go a little bit deeper and set the filter at under 23 minutes a game and then also a minimum of 100 minutes played, which actually left out a couple of guys that I'd like to talk about later. But I would say uh, there are definitely going to be guys who are playing that uh, 21, 22 minutes per game near the high end of the the filtered filtered out guys. And... Of course, they're they're able to put up better numbers just because they're playing more minutes than the other guys showing up on the list. But then there are also guys who play 18, 20 minutes a game who don't really do much with those minutes and don't really have a lot of upside and kind of what we've seen them from them is the best they'll do. 
And I chose to, rather than focus on those guys, kind of go go deeper and look at some of the younger prospects who aren't getting as much playing time, but have that kind of upside, especially if they're in a situation where there's a good chance that they'll get that increase in playing time and uh, could finish the season with some nice numbers. Yeah, you mentioned younger guys. Uh, well, that... Uh, a young guy starts your list. He's a rookie. And I noticed that uh, we'll just talk about these guys right off the top. Your first four guys are uh, all big men. So why don't we dive in with Brandon Clark? He's your number one guy, the Gonzaga rookie who's in Memphis this year. What jumps out to you uh, about him? Right. Uh, he's playing uh, under 22 minutes per game for the season, only gotten two starts, but he's just been so productive and surprisingly efficient. Uh, made over 67% of his two-pointers, which uh, that part may not be that surprising since he is so athletic and a good finisher, but he's just been so effective from all areas. Uh, He's got got that really nice uh, floater down, kind of like set shot floater that he likes. Uh, And uh, his, his shooting stroke has been much better than anticipated. He's not Taken a, a bunch of threes. He's 16 for 35 on threes for the season, but that's over, over 45%. And most teams would love their big men to be selective like that and shoot such a such an effective, efficient number. And then free throws, he's getting it done over 77% from the free throw line. And his per-minute numbers are just uh, really, really rock-solid. 21.5 points, 9.3 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 1.4 blocks per 36 minutes. Showing the the kind of upside he has if he were to creep up into the the high twenties, let's say, and I think there's a chance that that might happen as the season kind of uh, winds down. Uh, they, Memphis might start resting Jonas Valanciunas a little bit more to see to see how uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Clark play together because that's kind of their big men duo of the future. Yeah, and you, I know you talked at the beginning of the year that, uh, you know, rookies that you like, you gotta, you gotta definitely be patient with. And you kind of pointed towards it's usually once the calendar flips that you start to see these guys get more opportunities and they, they maybe get turned loose a little bit more. So you could see that happening for Brandon Clark. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about another big man. Mitchell Robinson is your number two guy. And he seems to pop up in, in every one of our podcasts. Uh, Let's say he's maybe a pet player of yours, someone that you like, or someone that you just see a lot of potential in and kind of just waiting for things to to go boom with him. Right. I guess part of uh, the reason is because he's been inconsistent, right? And his playing time fluctuates. Uh, He's been in and out of the starting lineup. Sometimes he gets in foul trouble right away and does nothing. Sometimes he has a really strong game. So case in point, yesterday he has an awesome 22-point, perfect 11 or for 11 shooting from the field against a very solid big man in Hassan Whiteside. Came off the bench to avoid foul trouble, I presume, and only picked up one foul, but then he's also had four or more fouls in 17 of his 30 games, so over half his games he's kind of gotten into foul trouble. But he seems to be doing a little bit better job lately of staying on the floor and getting those extended minutes and uh yeah his minutes are definitely gonna go above that 23 mpg barrier any day now and uh i think he'll he'll finish the season strong kind of need some continuity and some more help in that starting lineup however or from some more of the young guys such as rj barrett but uh robinson definitely seems to be trending up 
another guy trending up is uh, Nerlens Noel, who you have at number three on your list, the former number six overall pick. Uh, Several years back from Kentucky uh, is a guy that really, if you look at his career, has never really uh, been a big minutes guy, um, but uh, has always been a good defensive player and uh, has been lights out from the field. Doesn't shoot a lot, but uh, you know, in in certain categories, uh, this guy is getting it done for sure. Right, I'd say he's a guy that kind of hasn't lived up to the draft day expectations, but has kind of. Uh, settled into his role as a energizer defensive game changer and uh you know shooting 80 percent from the free throw line this season so uh kind of uh confident in his shot and has developed his his shooting touch gets lots of steals and blocks in his limited minutes but i put him uh higher up on this list just because of the the pretty decent chance that steven adams gets traded at the at the trade deadline or before then uh adams has been in several trade rumors and i'm sure every team would love to get a big man of his caliber so uh i think there's better than 50 50 chance that adams gets traded in which case noel would uh definitely get a bump in value now is he a guy that if if adams is gone you can 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 noel ever play 30 minutes a game uh is that is he will he ever be that guy or is it if he can get get to like 25 minutes a game consistently you're going to be very happy with him Right, I, I don't think he's a 30-minute player in uh, today's NBA, but definitely if he gets gets into that 26 to 28-minute range, he would put up some big-time numbers, I would think. Yeah, okay. Another guy that we kind of know, like Noel, is, is DeAndre Jordan, who's number four on your list. And uh, the interesting thing about him is he's kind of playing at the bottom level uh, in terms of minutes per game. I think it's the lowest since... Uh, 2009 2010 just looking at the list so he's he's down in in playing time minutes but uh as always getting you 10 boards per game and uh you know giving you some nice defensive giving you some blocks and shooting well from the field uh is there uh what else should we know about deandre jordan i guess is uh the question here Right, so one one big plus for him is that he's shooting it uh, pretty pretty decently from the free throw line again. He's at sixty eight percent from the foul line, showing that last year's seventy percent mark was no fluke, which is pretty impressive uh, for a guy who was forty two percent from the free throw line over his first eight seasons. And uh, I was playing around with the uh, on Basketball uh, Reference and. He's on pace to become the first player in NBA history to average 10-plus rebounds per game in under 22 minutes. A couple of guys had done it before in like 23, 24 minutes per game, but uh, he would be the first one if, to do it under 22, which uh, wow. shows how he's a beast on the boards. Yeah, that's impressive. We'll see if he can he can hold out. Um, all right, so that's, that's four really quick, kind of like your top four off the top of your top 50 players playing 23 minutes per game or less, and they were all big guys. Uh, the interesting thing is uh, the next basically, I don't know, half dozen players on your list are guards or swingmen. And so uh, why don't we dive into them? And the first guy is a guy that, uh, if people remember, ended last year uh, on like a triple-double run and that was delon wright in dallas and i think uh you know some people thought well you know projecting him into this year uh with the way he finished last year he could be a a nice surprise fantasy player and it kind of took him a little while but uh you you like what you've seen from him of late 
Yes, definitely. He uh, was a disappointment to start the season. I think that was a combination of him uh, getting off to a slow start as he adjusts his new team, but then also fantasy owners having perhaps too high expectations for him in terms of his role on the team, his usage and minutes. And uh, so he was dropped in some leagues and uh, was kind of a tough player to figure out, but he's quietly been coming on strong been super effective in the month of December. He shot 50% from the field, only scored eight points per game. He's never been a big-time scorer, but, you know, chipped in with 3.6 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and two steals per game for the whole month of December, and he did that in just 19 minutes per game, which shows how he's getting it done uh, in limited playing time. And it really helps that Dallas is the number one team in terms of offensive efficiency and third in the league in points per game. So he's starting to uh, get adjusted to his new team and in a, in a potent offense, he's starting to thrive. Yeah, well, speaking of getting adjusted to his new team, the next guy on your list, Jordan Clarkson, a former Cav, who uh, recently traded to Utah. He's played four games there and uh, just noticed – couple of them, 19 points and 20 points in back-to-back games, had 12 points his last time out. Uh, what are you seeing from Jordan Clarkson in Utah? Uh, what do you like him? What do you, what do you not like him? Right. Well, uh, you know, Utah definitely has been needing some some scoring punch off their bench and just guard, guard help in general with Mike Conley being a major disappointment and now sidelined with a hamstring issue. He's the status on him is that he's out indefinitely and it kind of makes you wonder if it's a serious issue and they're not expecting him back anytime soon because they kind of aggressively went after Clarkson, gave up a couple second round picks and Dante Exum, who was a previous, you know, top prospect. I guess they kind of had given up on him ever becoming uh, that guy they were hoping for. But uh, Jordan Clarkson, proven score everywhere he's, every team he's played for, he's shown that he can get buckets. And what I like about him being on Utah is just it's it's a stronger team and he'll just have more more open looks and uh, you know less pressure on him to to get it done. So I expect his his field goal percentage is over forty five percent right now, and I expect it to to maybe creep up a forty six forty seven percent now that he's on a, a better team and you know he's going to give you fifteen points a game, two two threes per game. You know, the downside is that he just doesn't do much else. Very few rebounds, assists, steals, or blocks. But if you're looking for that reliable scorer uh, who you can get pretty cheap, then uh, there's he's a very reliable option for that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, on that Conley injury for sure. Um, next guy on the list is not a guard, small forward. And honestly, just a guy I didn't really have on my radar coming into this year, and it's Derek, Derek Jones in Miami. And uh kind of a you know kind of a defensive stalwart and, and if, you know maybe looking for some help on the defensive side you can talk about Derek Jones and what he's been doing for the heat of late right he's kind of like the the wing version of Nerland's Noel I guess you could say just really focused on the defensive stats long wingspan athletic uh the the surprise there is how much uh how much playing time he's been getting for Miami and a big reason for that has been the absence of Justice Winslow, who started the season putting up some decent numbers and playing pretty pretty big minutes. But Winslow hasn't played since December 4th, and right now there's no sign of him returning soon. I'm not sure what's uh, what's going on with him. 
why it's taken so long. Uh, and then Kelly Olenek, uh, veteran shooting big man, has also barely been playing lately. He's kind of fallen out of the rotation. And it's a pretty interesting kind of a, you know, a, a representation of what's been happening with Miami is the guys that you weren't necessarily expecting to to get those big minutes. Tyler Hero as a rookie, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson. You know, they Miami has shown no favorites in terms of giving the minutes to the veterans just just because uh, they're giving those minutes to the young guys who are getting the job done and they're playing great. Uh, you know, Derek Jones is not a reliable three-point shooter still, but he definitely gives you those defensive stats. And as long as he's playing as many minutes as he's been getting lately, definitely uh, worth owning at least in deeper leagues. Yeah, Miami seems to come up with these interesting, uh, out of nowhere, young guys uh, like that. But uh, let's switch gears because the next two guys on your list, we're going to go to the uh, these are the the old men on the list, and we'll start with uh, George Hill in Milwaukee. He's been around for a long time, um, and you know, you mentioned that last year after the trade to Milwaukee, uh, you know, didn't show too well, but things have kind of turned in a little bit better direction for him this year with the Bucks. Right. After being uh, traded to Milwaukee last season, he, he really struggled to, to get his shot, to get his shot going, get become that reliable score they were hoping he would become, but he did step up in the playoffs and that was kind of a sign that he would be in for a strong season this year, especially after losing Malcolm Brogdon. There was that uh, absence that, in the backcourt that they needed and Hill is definitely stepping up. I looked up some of his stats. I mean, he's leading the league in three point percentage at 52%, which is awesome, but he's shooting a ridiculous 67% on corner threes. And uh, almost all of his three point attempts have come either when he's considered open, which is with the nearest defender four to six feet away or wide open where the nearest defender is six-plus feet away, and that just shows the the benefit of playing with Giannis and how much uh, of a magnet he is when he drives into the paint and just kind of sucks those defenders in and creates those open looks for his teammates. Well, I guess you could almost say that uh, maybe Rajon Rondo's getting a little bit of that similar kind of benefit in L.A., even though he's not playing a lot. Uh, you mentioned he's shooting a career-best 39% from deep, and... Uh, you know, like Hill, Rondo's been around a long time. I think we kind of, he's a known quantity, uh, an assist and steal guy. But I guess if you need assist and steals, uh, he's maybe someone that you can turn to. Right. He's not as reliable as he's been in years past because he's playing a career low 21 minutes per game. But he still has that ability. And uh, the one start that he got this season, he dished out eight assists and had three steals. Uh, that was with LeBron out. And so the upside is still there. If LeBron were to be rested for some games down the stretch, uh, definitely can chip in in those categories. Yeah. Um, all right. We, we got one more guy I want to talk about on your list. This will kind of round out sort of the top 10. As I mentioned, uh, you did 50 guys there. So we would encourage you to check out uh, the entirety of the list on The Athletic. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about another rookie. Um, since we started with the rookie, we can 
finished off this topic with the rookie. That's Kevin Porter, a guy who grew up in my neck of the woods out in the Seattle area. Saw him play in high school. This guy, uh, lots of talent, uh, very skinny. You know, it was kind of more of a projectable guy, I thought, coming into the NBA. But he's starting to actually uh, make an impact already. So why don't you talk about Kevin Porter, what you're seeing from him with the Cleveland Cavs? Right, so Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, didn't didn't play too much in college. Was he considered one of the top uh, prospects of his draft class coming out of high school in your area? Oh yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm a big Washington Huskies fan. He was a tough one that got away, went to USC. Um, but yeah, he was a, he was a big time recruit for sure. Right, watching watching him in uh, summer league and preseason, I, I started to get a liking to his game. He's left-handed. He's very shifty, good change of speeds, and kind of has a, a good feel for the game that you wouldn't expect uh, from a 19-year-old. And so uh, I've kind of been following him, and his minutes have definitely been ramping up since Jordan Clarkson was traded. Perhaps that's a reason why they they traded Clarkson was to open up more playing time for Porter. So I, I added Porter in a few leagues and uh, in over his last five games, he's averaging a modest 12.6 points, 4.8 rebounds, 2.4 assists in 26 minutes per game. But, you know, those are decent numbers. And uh, if those minutes continue to climb, uh, I think uh, he'll, he'll put up some nice stats for the Cavs and, you know, with the Cleveland basically out of playoff contention now, it kind of makes sense for them to just just give as many minutes to those young guys as they can handle. Uh, so Kevin Porter Jr., Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, you know, should all be seeing some some serious playing time the rest of the way. Yeah, why not? Uh, might might as well start getting these guys some experience and get them going. Could be a good nucleus going forward. Um, Want to talk actually about another porter um, from from uh, that actually spent a little time in my neck of the woods as well. He was also on the list. We'll get to that in a moment. But uh, first, you know, if you're looking to reduce stress in 2020, and who isn't? Uh, I have something I want to talk to you about. First, take a deep breath and relax for a moment as I tell you about calm. Uh, we we talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Uh, Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation. They've teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, Getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my mind and body. So for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% off discount to an annual membership at calm.com backslash dimes. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com backslash dimes. That's calm.com backslash dimes. All right. I mentioned, Eric, that we would be talking about another portal. We'll hold, we'll hold off on that for a moment. Let's talk about uh, maybe some guys similar to Kevin Porter, who we just talked about, uh, rookie with the Cavs. Uh, let's discuss a few more top prospects on teams that are falling out of the playoff chase, maybe guys that will see uh, some bigger opportunities for them going forward. Sure, definitely. So uh, one player who I didn't consider for the article because he had barely played at the time was uh, Seko Dumbaya. I'm not sure if I'm saying that name correctly. Rookie on the Detroit Pistons. Uh, 
It Dubai, played- I, I think, is right. I just uh, I watched. I went out of my way to watch a video of him recently, uh, just so I could hear how that name was pronounced. So I, I think you got it right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, did you did you catch his highlights from last night? I haven't uh, watched him yet. I haven't really seen him play, but he got his first. I cruise. did. He had ten points, and I saw all of his his buckets. He he picked a an open court pass. He was guarding Kawhi and picked it near mid, mid court. Went down and and made a nice uh, dunk on a on a breakaway off of Kawhi and had some nice cuts to the basket where uh, you know, like the point guard drove and dropped the dropped the ball off to him on a, a little dime and he scooped it up and, and dunked it. He looks like, looks like he's got pretty good, uh, you know, hands and the ability to kind of like move around the basket, you know, for his size. So he could be interesting. He looked definitely uh, an interesting guy, someone that you'd, you'd want to watch uh, a lot more going forward. Okay, cool. Good, good. Uh, uh, update there on Dumbaya. Definitely. I mean, he was kind of the first, Surprise, I would say, a surprise pick in this year's draft. He almost made it in the lottery. He was 15th overall pick, right? And just super young guy. He just turned 19 on December 23rd. So I, I'm pretty sure that he was the youngest player in this draft. And uh, very interesting that Detroit's just kind of from went from barely playing him to just throwing him into the starting lineup. And definitely with Blake Griffin continuing to struggle with his health issues and Detroit just falling further and further out of the playoff race. It makes sense to, to give this guy uh, some more minutes as the seems like he's one of their better prospects. They don't have a lot of great young talent on Detroit. So may as well develop what you do have. How good are you feeling about Blake Griffin's health for the rest of the season? I mean, I'd be very concerned. It only makes sense for them to play him at less than hundred percent. If they actually feel like, they're going to sneak into the playoffs, even though still, even if they did, you know, it'd be in the seventh or eighth spot and they'll just get knocked out in the first round. But if that's what they're trying to do, then I could see them pushing him. But otherwise, there's really no need for them to to risk his future. Right. And I'm sure he doesn't right. really want to play at like 80 percent health. So I would not feel good about owning Blake Griffin. <laughs> well, you mentioned Dubai almost snuck into the lottery. A player who did sneak into the lottery was well inside the lottery was Jarrett Culver on the T Wolves, and you have him next on your list in terms of these guys that uh, you know on teams that are falling or that are fading that have opportunities for playing time. Right, Culver has definitely been been seeing some major minutes lately. The past few games, he's still really struggling with his shot. And I would say if your team is is strong in the the shooting percentages, I would probably just avoid Culver, just how poorly he's shooting it, 36% from the field, uh, ridiculous 41.5% from the free throw line, which is just unacceptable for a guard. Off the top of my head, I don't remember what he shot in college from the free throw line, but I'm assuming it wasn't close to that bad. Uh, Any idea? Let's see. I don't think it was that great. Uh, yeah. I can pull it up really quickly. And we'll, I'll just mention while you're looking at that, uh, you actually have a couple guys on the T-Wolf, so I'll let you transition from Culver. Uh, once, you, once we figure out what his free throw percentage was at uh, Texas Tech. Culver shot 65% from the free throw line his first year and then 71% last year, uh, his second season. I'm guessing a lot of times it's probably just uh, you know just a matter of confidence with these guys that are that are good scorers in college, and it's just a matter of kind of getting comfortable and, and settling in. But uh, certainly, certainly slow to uh, slow to the take on the percentages for sure. 
Yeah, but he's he's as long as he's getting the the thirty plus minutes a game, he's going to chip in with some counting stats that can definitely help help some owners in deeper leagues out. But yeah, still be careful about those type of percentage killers if your team is already strong in those areas. But yeah, teammate Nasreed is a guy uh, I kind of had a liking to in summer league as well. Big man with some kind of surprising uh, ball handling skills and shooting skills and. He's finally starting to get some run with Carl Anthony Towns sidelined. It's kind of annoying how Minnesota keeps listing Towns as um, questionable and then <laughs> ruling him out uh, right before the game. So who knows when Towns is going to be back. But uh, one reason why I haven't bothered picking up Gorgie Jang is that uh, I knew Naz Reed was on the roster and that he's uh, very intriguing prospect um he's only 20 years old compared to gorgie jang's uh, almost 30 and so it makes sense for minnesota if, if they're falling out of the playoff race uh to give naz reed some more playing time as opposed to jang and uh he was tearing up the g league before they recently called him up and uh he hasn't shot the ball that well yet in the NBA, but was making two threes per game in the G League in addition to uh, two blocks per game and right around 18 points, 10 rebounds. So pretty intriguing prospect uh, to keep an eye on as well for Minnesota. Yeah, and you mentioned Towns. He's missed nine straight games now, so uh, definitely injuries opening up opportunities there. And uh, and next next guy we're going to talk about is another porter that I mentioned earlier, a guy of – kind of just stashed on on fantasy teams this year waiting uh because he's you know he had injuries in his own right uh coming out of missouri where i think he played all of a few minutes uh before his college career ended uh and then was drafted by denver and uh loaded with talent probably if he had never gotten hurt had the back injury at missouri he might have been in a top one or two draft pick instead he fell down a bit and that's michael porter jr and the reason we are talking about him is coming off a 25 point career high game in which he shot 11 of 12 from the field so uh he's a you know kind of a six foot ten six eleven sort of has some of that kevin durant to him where he's got deep range uh you know big guy that can uh play outside um and so he's very interesting but I've heard you talk about him before. It's a tough place for him right now, finding playing time in Denver. Right. I was I was watching those highlights. Uh, he, was, he was very impressive, scoring in a variety of ways. He has that quick release, high release point, uh, high arc on his shot, and yet he's very good at attacking off the dribble as well, playing off the ball. Uh, saw him do a nice post-up jump hook. Jump hook. So Porter Jr. is definitely very intriguing and very talented and deserving of more playing time. It's just a matter of will he get that in Denver or would they even consider trading him for you know a couple of stars who could potentially be had are Bradley Beal and Drew Holiday, and those guys would fit in very nicely in Denver if, if they're willing to give up Porter Jr. Perhaps they're kind of showcasing him now with that idea in mind or maybe they are trying to incorporate him into their regular rotation to give him those minutes, but he's definitely uh, worthy of more playing time. Yeah. You would think he would have to show his ability to kind of stay healthy a little bit. That would be of key for anybody that would want to trade for him to see that he can actually sustain some uh, health over. So did you uh, say you've been holding him the, since the beginning of the season in a league or two? 
uh, in two leagues, I haven't stashed on my bench. So, um, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good patience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they're both, uh, you know, deep enough benches that I kind of just ignore one spot and, uh, right. and that's the way it's been rolling, but maybe it's about to hopefully start paying off a little bit. We'll see. Um, one guy I also have in, in a couple of fancy leagues is Jonathan Isaac. So we're going to, you know, maybe uh, Isaac's spot's going to be filled by Porter. We'll see. Uh, but Isaac uh, mentioned him because he's out for, been ruled out for roughly about two months, could be longer. He's got a left knee issue, uh, sprain and bone bruise. And so they're calling it about two months. But uh, this is a guy I know you liked a lot, Eric. Uh, he's averaging uh, not huge scoring numbers right now, 12 points, seven rebounds, but he's just kind of, you know, defensively 1.6 deals, 2.4 blocks. Those are big numbers for fantasy. And uh, uh, what are you seeing in Orlando? How are they going to basically get by without Jonathan Isaac here? Right. That's a tough blow to the Magic. They're currently in the, the eighth spot in the East, despite being 15 and 19 few games under 500 but that's definitely gonna hurt their chances of staying in the eighth spot and yet at the same time there aren't uh the guy the teams below them aren't necessarily scaring anyone those teams being the hornets bulls pistons and wizards yeah uh so they should be able to hang on to the eighth spot i would seem i would think it's just a matter of uh who's gonna step up and uh it's definitely a prime opportunity for aaron gordon He's been bothered by an Achilles injury lately, but uh, as long as he's okay, I would think uh, his minutes would would really start to climb into the high 30s. And uh, you know, he, Gordon has been one of this season's biggest disappointments, and now it's he's got that opportunity to uh, turn turn his season around. And I'm expecting him to do that because you know he's he is very talented and has had some some nice runs in the past where he he gets hot and really puts up stats. So I expect uh, Gordon to to bump up his production and then also of course keep an eye on Kem Birch because he was the spot starter when Nikola Vucevic was sidelined earlier and he pulled down 10 rebounds in 26 minutes off the bench yesterday so he can come in off the bench and give you some of those big man stats. And then, uh, you know, the rest of the guys, Vucevic, Evan Fournier has proven that uh, he can step up. Markel Fultz, DJ Augustine are still in that point guard timeshare, which is less than ideal. But maybe they'll be seeing more minutes on the court together now that Isaac is down. And uh, Terrence Ross, another guy who kind of, when he gets a few extra minutes, he's a little bit more reliable. Still doesn't give you much besides three-point shooting. And then uh, a guy to keep an eye on is Wes Awundu, who's been starting with uh, with Gordon Hurt the past couple games. He's been in the starting lineup and uh, kind of a top uh, former first-round pick who has yet to really prove himself and uh, shooting just one for 19 on threes this season. But it looks like Orlando's uh, ready to see if he can contribute, so I'd keep an eye on him as well. Interesting. Wes Awunda. I don't know much about him. Kim Birch, another guy, uh, another undrafted UNLV guy like Derek Jones here. Uh, two undrafted UNLV guys making uh, making their way onto our uh, radar this week. So a couple guys to keep an eye on there. Let's uh, before we kind of talk about what's what's on tap for the weekend. Let's uh, let's get some positive news. We got a return to action for Karis LeVert coming up. Sounds like. <laughs> 
Yes, uh, Levert is expected to play tomorrow, which would be his first game since November 10th. And so if, if he's available in any leagues, I suggest adding him ASAP. Uh, he has lots of stat potential with Kyrie Irving still sidelined. I was hoping uh, since I own Levert in uh, more leagues than I do Kyrie, I was hoping that Levert would come back before him. And uh, he wasn't really impressing before he got hurt. But, uh, you know, he's a big-time player, you know, very good playmaker, scorer, uh, capable of chipping in uh, in all categories and uh, definitely would would be adding Levert if he's a free agent in your league. Yeah, I just looked it up. He is available in about one quarter of Yahoo League. So one out of every four leagues, he is out there. So it's uh, it's possible you're playing in a league where Karis Levert is available and Eric is telling you you should not uh, let him be sitting on the waiver wire uh, any longer. So go out and grab him if he is. All right, Eric, that's going to kind of wrap up our uh, discussion for today. But before we go, we always ask you what you're going to be watching this weekend. So why don't you uh, tell us what games have you intrigued? Right, I'm kind of excited to watch lots of basketball this weekend after not watching too much over the past week. Uh, tonight's game that stood out to me is 76ers at Rockets. That should be a fun East versus West battle. On Saturday, I'm going to be watching the Raptors at Nets to get a firsthand look at how Levert is doing and. I found that uh, I've enjoyed watching lots of Raptors games this year. They're just such a scrappy, competitive team. Even with the multiple injuries they've had, they just know how to stay competitive. And then on Sunday, I'm really liking that Trailblazers at Heat matchup. The return of Hassan Whiteside to Miami. That matchup of Whiteside versus Bam Adebayo. Guys who used to battle against each other in practice and have actually been two of the most valuable centers this season when you consider out uh, how valuable they've been relative to their draft position, right? Uh, I think you would see if you analyze a lot of the top teams in all leagues, you'd be seeing a lot of Bam and Whiteside uh, from those center spots for those top teams. They've just been really effective, and that's going to be a, a great big man battle to watch. Yeah, no doubt. Whiteside going against his former team, as you mentioned. Hopefully the Blazers bring a little bit more than they did against the Knicks the other night. Uh, I caught some of that game, and uh, the Knicks just uh, ran them out of the building. So we'll see if the Blazers are ready to to rebound in that one and Whiteside going against his former his former team. So, all right, that's uh, a good lineup for people to watch. That's all the time that we have for today. Uh, as a reminder, you can follow me at Brandon Funston on Twitter. You can follow Eric at Roto Evil. And of course, you can check out Eric's top 50 players uh, that are averaging less than 23 minutes per game. That is on the Athletic site. If you'd like to get a subscription to The Athletic, we encourage you to check out theathletic.com backslash dunks and dimes. Uh, and with that, you can uh, check out all of the great podcasts that we have, NBA podcasts. They're available on iTunes and Spotify. And if you enjoy listening to them, we always encourage you to give us a quick rating and review. So with that, uh, we are out of here for this week. We hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next Friday on Dunks and Dimes. <laughs>